Welcome to the Starfish Storytellers, the podcast that makes a difference one story at a time by bringing storytelling to life. headstrong, driven, independent woman. This has gotten me really far in a lot of areas of my life, but it's also been a source of frustration for a lot of the folks who are closest to me. You see, I I don't always know how to ask for help, and the tagline of my life, even in adulthood, hasn't changed much since I was a toddler, which is, I do myself. So it was sophomore year in Manchester, New Hampshire, And it was probably the spring and in the mid-1980s. And I was in my room getting ready for school. And I shared an apartment with my mom and my two younger brothers in a six-unit tenement in the residential side of the city on a quiet street. So I'm getting ready for school in my very spacious room. And in my room, I had a plastic canopy bed with a yellow ruffled bedspread and a white and yellow geometrically shaped uh, dresser. And in the corner, I had a record player. And so I'm dancing around the room. Duran Duran is playing in the background and I'm brushing my hair. And my black hair, which it was black then, um, was wavy, naturally wavy and pretty much did whatever it wanted to do. And, um, and I usually wore it all one length down to my shoulders and I would part it on one side and I would pull it back with a ribboned barrette and the other side would be feathered. And so this particular day, I was getting really frustrated with it because it was just being disagreeable as usual. And so I'm dancing around the room mindlessly, you know, like a teenage girl might, And I was putting on my shirt, and I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and I'm using my hairbrush as a microphone, singing, and I'm hungry like the wolf. (laughs) When all of a sudden, and I'm not really sure what possessed me to do this, I grab a pair of scissors, and still dancing. Now, have you ever noticed when a hairdresser cuts your hair, they're not actually dancing? So still dancing, I grab the right side of my hair and snip. I lob off five inches of hair. And I stop, and I look in the mirror, and I cock my head to one side. Hmm, well that doesn't look right, so I grab the left side and snip, off it came. And I stop and I look again, and I think, well that's not very even. I have this bushy hair in the back and bushy in the front, snip. And I cut my bangs over an inch over my eyebrows. And so I, study myself in the mirror for a minute, and then I can see my hair, it's all different lengths, and it's chunky, and it's not even, and my heart starts pounding, and I start to panic, and I let out a scream, Mom, come quick, help me. My poor, hardworking, single mom. All she wanted to do was get her two sons ready for school that day, who were five and seven, So she comes running into the room, full tilt, thinking I hurt myself, and then comes to a screeching halt. She takes one look at me, and she gasps. What did you do? By this point, I'm crying. I don't know. 
but I grab her by the shoulders and I'm, I shake her, Mom, you've got to help me. I, I can't go to school like this. To which she breaks free of my grasp, gives me one of those single one eyebrow lifted looks, and she says, you probably should have thought of that before you did this. So she sighs a frustrated sigh, picks up the scissors off the dresser, points to the bed and says, just sit. So I sit down, tears are coming down my eyes, and she starts to clip. And I hear a clipping here and a clipping there, and I can see hair falling onto the carpet, and I close my eyes. I, I just didn't want to know. And when she was done, she put the scissors down quietly, and she pointed at the mirror. And I got up and I took a look. My heart sank. Where my long flowing locks had been was now a tight, even mullet. <gasps> My hair was cut up over my ears, my bangs were short, 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 and I had this big bush of hair in the back. You know, mullets might have been a thing in the 80s, and they might have been for some folks, but they weren't for me. And now I had to go to school looking like this. But I said nothing, except a quiet, sheepish thank you while I looked at the floor. And it was in this moment that probably one of my first awarenesses that in Actuality, you cannot do everything by yourself. You do need to ask for help, and you do need to accept help. So, ever since then, I go to the salon to have my hair done professionally. Storytellers. I'm the CEO of the Black Dog Group, a Marcom and project management firm headquartered on the East Coast of the U.S. in quaint colonial Bedford, Massachusetts. I'm your host and passionate about storytelling, and I'm actually on a mission to raise up the next generation of storytellers. We've named ourselves the Starfish Storytellers after the Starfish Story. The moral of the Starfish Story is based on the power of one. No matter how big the challenge, each action we take makes a difference and has an impact one step, one starfish, or one story at a time. Every episode, we welcome a new storyteller who will share their story meant to inspire and connect with you. Then we'll break it down and offer tips for any listeners who are ready to tell their own stories. So thanks for tuning in. Now let's get started. Today we have a special episode featuring me. In this CEO's cut, we're talking about the superpower of storytelling, moth style. I really wanted to do a podcast on the moth to talk about this amazing organization and the story framework that I think our listeners will find really helpful when they want to tell better stories. Plus, I'll walk you through my process of how I told a moth story. So a little bit about the moth. They are an acclaimed global not-for-profit organization, and they're dedicated to the art and craft of storytelling. They were founded by novelist George Dawes Green. So I read on their website that while living in New York, George wanted to recreate the feeling of a sultry summer evening in his native Georgia when he would see moths that were attracted to the light circling around on the porch where he and his friends would gather to share some stories. And so he had his first New York moth event in his living room, but from there, story events have quickly spread to larger venues throughout the city and around the world. 
Since it launched in 1997, The Moth has presented thousands of stories told live and without notes. Moth shows are renowned for the great range of the human experience they showcase, and each show creates a unique, intimate, and often enlightening experience for the audience. Beyond storytelling events, The Moth has education, community, and for-profit programs that they offer, and they, they have storytellers that have been on the stage who are, come from they have celebrities, politicians, um, people from global organizations. They've had um, events at the UN, um, you know, at the Met. They, I mean, they, they are world-renowned. World so I, I was actually first introduced to the moth by a storytelling student of mine. Uh, I was teaching my storytelling for everyday class and she came up to me and she said, have you ever heard of the moth? And I said, no. And she encouraged me to look into it. So I did. And um, I realized they had a book called How to Tell a Story. So I figured I would probably start there. So before I would go to any events, I would read, this, read the book. And um, it's a great book and it walked me through their framework. Um, and um, so in short, every moth story has the same framework. So I'm going to just rattle that off so that you can hear it um, because it's, it's a really great way to tell a story. And, and to keep in mind, it's, it's one framework, one story style. There are many ways to tell stories. Uh, but the nice thing about the moth is, um, uh, you know, it's, it's true, it's authentic, and it's usually short. So... So every moth story starts um, with, it's, it has to be a true story. It has to be told in the first person. It has to be your story to tell. And it has to be authentic. And if you're going to include other characters in your story, they have to be relative to your personal experience and there to support your story. Um, they caution people uh, around you know, having a list of complaints or rattling off a narrative. Um, it's, it's really a story about you. Moth stories focus on one moment in time. So they're a snapshot of an event and it's from your own life. Um, it can be tempting to, to bring in lots of other periods of time or irrelevant details into a story, but then it just, it really will just water it down and it will confuse your audience um, or confuse your listener. Your moth story has to be told out loud and without notes. So you have to be able to speak it um, without relying on notes. And they're not read. They're not recited. Um, and I can tell you personally, as a note user, <laughs> um, this was hard for me um, when I did it the first time because I, I struggle with focus, focus issues. And so I find that notes would help me, but uh, notes can actually become a crutch. And, um, and I think a big part of why that they want folks to be able to tell their stories without notes, it just is more genuine. Moth stories will highlight some stakes, and in the end, they're going to showcase a transformation. So you have to think about when you're putting together a moth story, why should this story matter to the listener or you? And what did you discover about yourself in this journey? So there has to be a transformation tied to your story. Moth stories may have a theme, but that's usually only the context of the story and not what the story is really about. So you just heard me uh, tell my story called Mindless Mullet. And um, I, told, I told this story at a moth story slam where the theme for the evening was hair. 
So yes, my story takes you through that harrowing morning when I mindlessly chopped off my own hair, but my story is really actually about the consequences I face when I don't ask for help, which I hate to admit has been a recurring pain that I experience regularly, especially in my adult life. Um, Ma stories are told within a specific time frame or with a time limit. So there's a couple of different kinds of moth events. They have moth main stage events and moth story slams. So moth main stage events um, are, you would if you were invited to participate in one, your story would be 10 to 15 minutes long. Um, but if you went to a story slam, your story would be five minutes long. And uh, the way that they sort of control it, they have a timer and they time you. And it's kind of a fun way to do it. So sometimes it might be there's a drummer on the stage with you who when you get to your time limit, they start giving a couple of raps on the drum to let you know that you're coming up on your time or your time is getting is up. And then if you keep rambling, the drummer now breaks into like a full, full music, full song, and they start playing louder than you. So folks that are on the stage really don't want to have to get, you know, the timer to, to, uh, to let them know. And it was funny, my story slam, the timer was a harmonica. So, um, yeah. Um, so moth stories avoid the isms. Racism, sexism, etc. cetera. Um, the moth's mission is to promote the art and craft of storytelling and to honor and celebrate the diversity and commonality of the human experience. And so they want their stage to be used uh, to practice civility and respect. So no form of homophobia, misogyny, or any form of hate speech is allowed. Um, and it's great because... Even moth stories that don't have a happy ending, they still, you really do connect with the storyteller. So walking through my process. So uh, when I prepared my story for the moth stage, I first had to mine for memories. That's what they call it. Before you're going to start a story, you want to mine for memories. So I thought about all the times in my life when my hair was like front and center for me, like how when I've gone through life changes, I tend to change my hair to sort of sing, signal like a new beginning or how during menopause I experienced the horror of hair loss and thinning hair after I'd had long hair that had been all the way down to my waist. But neither of these themes or times really signaled stakes or transformation for me, which is why I then settled on the mullet story. And then I wrote it out in excruciating detail, which people in my life, would expect no less. And it was pages and pages and pages long. And so I knew that I needed to get it down to five minutes. And I do a fair amount of public speaking, so I know about, you know, time speeches. Um, so getting it to five speeches ended up, I trimmed it back to about 850 words. And then I worked on the beginning and the ending. Moth stories have a setup, opening line, and then a wrap-up that brings you back to what the story setup was. This meant that my story could not just be about hair. It had to have a transformation. So this, when I started figuring this out, this, this was a little bit harder to figure out. At first, I thought I'd make the story about the grace that moms will show their kids when they do mindless things. But then that got me thinking about my own moments of motherhood, and that would have been a completely different story. So uh, I ended up changing it. Um, you know, I ended up changing it. So I took some time to reflect to come up with the real meaning of the story and and a realization that it really was likely the first awareness in a time when I would experience the painful embarrassment consequences of being headstrong and not asking for help. 
And, and like I said earlier, um, it's been many decades of facing these consequences before realizing, you know, it is okay to ask for help. So anyhow, once I put the story together, I had to practice. So that's a big thing that moth directors will advise you on is a lot of rehearsal, a lot of practice and practicing to something, practicing to a person, practicing to your plants, practicing to your pets, um, will help you hear, hear your own voice. So I started, excuse me, I started uh, by recording myself, read it into a voice recorder app on my phone, and then I would listen to that recording over and over and over again. So I was listening to my, my recording over breakfast, I was listening to it on the treadmill at the gym, I was listening to it in the car while I was go- going to the grocery store, and then I would try mouthing along the words so I could get the cadence of the story. And in order to sort of remember the the cadence, it helped to grab hold of like key points like bullets uh, in my own mind and put myself back into that bedroom in Manchester, New Hampshire. So once I had listened to it about a dozen times, it was time to utter it. Mod story, de- story directors will tell you that in order to be able to tell it on stage and get confident to do it without notes, your story must leave your lips. You've got to speak it out loud. So I started telling the story to myself in the car on the drives to the gym. Then I started telling the story to my husband on the car rides back from the gym. (laughs) And then I got so that when he and I got into discussions about anything, even nothing related to this, because I had told it so many times, I'd just look at him in the face and say, I am a headstrong, driven, independent woman. To which he would then roll his eyes, chuckle, and say, yeah, so I've heard. Um, So... The night of my first Moth Story Slam, I threw my name in the basket as a potential storyteller. Moth main stage events are planned and the storytellers are coached by storytelling directors, but Moth Story Slams are open mic competition nights that are emceed, but the storytellers come from the audience. So they pick 10 out of the basket to come up and tell their stories, and then you're judged by a panel of judges. Uh, the events are open to the public, so if, you know, in listening to this, you have an interest, I'll give you some information at the end of the podcast on how you can um, get tickets to, to these events. They have them all over Boston um, and all over the world, actually. Um, and so uh, storytellers that participate in these events agree to storytelling frameworks and stage rules, and they list them and they review them with you. And then the winner of a story slam gets sent to the Moth Grand Slam with other story slam winners at a later time to compete to win the Grand Slam. And so I found that that night um, at the hair event, the stories that I heard, they were all wonderful. The storytellers were wonderful um, and they varied. Some folks followed the Moth storytelling framework pretty closely and some folks didn't but all the stories were really well done and you know it's just a lot of courage to stand up if you've never stood up um, in front of a crowd to stand up in front of a few hundred people and and tell your story and this is something personal it's not it's not necessarily like theater and stage where you you have a rehearsed script this is this is you Um, so that night they varied you know some were focused solely on the themes some only made a like a brief mention of it, um, I ended up getting chosen to speak, and I was number nine out of the ten, so I got the chance to get up on stage and deliver my story, and definitely had some butterflies in my stomach going up to the stage, 
this was the largest crowd I had uh, spoken in front of. There was um, probably three or 400 people there. And um, I just took a breath and I was standing up in front of the mic and I delivered it. Um, and it just, it just flowed, you know, and, and I've heard it said, you know, we're better on our feet. It's true. Um, and, you know, a, a rehearsal tip that I, that I got was when you rehearse, rehearse standing up. Uh, it, it will work better. So in the end, I ended up scoring, I think it was third or fourth in the lineup, um, which was really, really exciting. So, so that's sort of, that's my process of how I did a moth story. Um, you know, we've talked today about the, you know, the framework for, um, if you want to write a moth story and if you're interested in the moth, you can get tickets to their storytelling events, or you can learn more about them at themoth.org. Um, you can also listen to moth stories um, so you can learn more about them. Uh, they have a podcast and you can also go to their website. I believe that their podcast is available on any podcast station, but themoth.org forward slash podcast. Uh, but also if you'd like to learn how to use the moth story framework, I actually teach uh, workshops on the moth and um, you can find that information on our website, which is blackdogmarcom.com. For, forward slash storytelling dash workshops. And to our listeners, whether you hear us locally from the BTV studios in Bedford, Massachusetts, or across the globe on such podcast channels as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Prime, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next time. Happy storytelling.